the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City, WLCC, Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app. Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. Now, you may wonder, why would anyone respond quickly and emotionally and be excited about the gospel without actually trusting Christ? What, what, what must go through someone's mind to do this? Well, I think it's very simple. The answer is that there are many people who get excited when they're exposed to the Bible because they think that if they believe in Jesus, this is the answer to all of their earthly problems. He's going to remove all of their conflicts, all of the issues that they struggle with. They look at Jesus as merely someone who will make life better for them now. That's all. Better finances better relationships with people, better health, maybe even a better marriage. So why wouldn't someone be enthused? This is the best self-help material they could ever get. They get Jesus. The prosperity gospel, which is preached by some pastors, appeals to the type of person Pastor Steve has just described. Seeker-sensitive worship formats may also appeal to the felt needs of people without ever confronting the sin problem that is part of every human being's nature. This is Verse by Verse. Thank you for being here in class today. Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida is our teacher. He is taking us through a study of the parables found in Matthew chapter 13. We'll be looking at the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. Today our class is on the shallow soil. All of these radio programs are available for downloading at our website, versebyverseradio.org. We encourage you to take advantage of these resources. There are many available for free. A free monthly newsletter is available when you sign up for it on the website. We also offer a podcasting service free of charge. If you have any questions, you can call us at 727 239 0306. That's 727-239-0306. And our website again is versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. Now with today's study, here is Pastor Steve. Now let me explain what the Lord was talking about. In telling us about this person, he's telling us he's like the, the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places. Jesus was comparing this individual to the rocky soil that he spoke of in verses 5 and 6. Let me read that again to you to refresh your thinking. He said, Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately, notice here's that quickness, they, immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Now, just like the seed that initially looks good because it springs up so quickly, so this individual, Jesus said, initially looks good because he, too, quickly responds to the gospel. And his life does take on some outward changes. But understand, 
Understand, his response to the gospel message is not the response of a person who is convicted of his sin and has thought through the implications of repentance and Christ's lordship in his own life. It's not done that. This individual's response to what he hears about Christ is nothing beyond, note this, a shallow, impulsive, emotional decision. It's no deeper than that. There is nothing here about repentance in his heart, nothing here about submission to Christ's authority in his life. It's just not deeper than that. Nothing about genuine faith. In other words, Jesus was teaching that this individual's heart is like the shallow soil with a layer of rock just beneath the surface. And just as the seed of the plant initially looked good, as it sprang up quickly, so this person's life initially looks converted as he does make some changes in his behavior. But you see, the plant only gave the appearance of being healthy when it really wasn't. It was just a short-lived plant because its roots could not penetrate the rock beneath it. Likewise, the shallow-hearted person initially gives the appearance of being a Christian when he's not because he has never been, watch this, he has never been rooted in Christ Never rooted. The changes in his life are very short-lived and they're very temporary. What kind of changes? Well, he may become very active in the life of his church. He may be the kind of person who is there every time the doors open. He's the first one in. He's the last one out. He just can't get enough of the Bible and being with God's people. He, he may be here Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, any home Bible study. He, he's, he's so active. He's, he puts others to shame. He is incredibly zealous. He may be more vocal and outspoken in his witnessing for the Lord than, than most of the people in the church. He may be the kind of person who wears funny looking little ties with gospel messages on it. Puts it on his phone message about the Lord. He's got bumper stickers. Everywhere he goes, he's an outspoken person for Christ. But the problem is, is that this man isn't rooted in Jesus. And so his changes are only superficial and they're external. He doesn't really love the Lord. He's never been truly converted. These changes, in other words, are not coming from a heart that's been transformed through repentance and faith in Christ. He's just on an emotional roller coaster. He's just thrilled about this. And he's very active. And the proof that this person has never been converted is that like the plants without any roots in the shallow soil that wither and die after being scorched by the sun. So this individual will eventually fall away from his association and connection to Christianity. That's precisely the point that Jesus was making in verse 21. Notice again what he said. Yet he has no firm root in himself. But it is only temporary. And when affliction, note this, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, Jesus said that the shallow hearted individual falls away due to affliction or persecution that is related to the word. He's not talking about the normal trials of life. He's not talking about just sickness. He's not talking about um, having some kind of uh, financial problem. He's he's not talking about uh, people issues that that everybody has. He is talking about suffering related to making a profession of faith in him, something concerning the word of God, some type of suffering that is based on 
someone who claims to be a Christian. He falls away at this point from being identified as a Christian. Why? Because he doesn't have any love for Christ. He's never had a transformed heart that's willing to suffer for the Lord. He's not willing to pay the high cost of discipleship because he's not a disciple. He's just someone caught up in the moments of enthusiasm. That's all. But he's not a true disciple. He was never one of Christ's disciples. And you know what? When suffering comes, it might be in the form of criticism. Maybe his family gets on him. It might be in the form of some type of rejection by, by friends. It might be something in his own marriage where his spouse says, hey, if you're going to believe that, I, I don't know about staying together with you. It may be any number of things, but it's about the word. This person says, you know what? This isn't why I signed, what I signed up for. Nobody told me it'd be like this. I'm out of here. I don't need this. Life is hard enough. Now, folks, we need to understand very clearly this shallow-hearted false disciple because evangelical churches are filled with people just like this. Filled with people like this. Let's analyze the type of response of the gospel this person has and discover what, what the problem is. What kind of person is this? Why does he respond to this this way? He's the kind of person who Jesus said, acts on the spur of the moment. Immediately, he receives it with joy. He acts on the spur of the moment when he hears the gospel, but he doesn't take the time to think through the critical issues involved in becoming a true follower of Christ. That is to say, he, he fails to count the cost of what it means to be a true Christian. He fails to consider that he needs to repent of his sin and the implications. What would it mean if I came to Christ? I'd have to, I'd have to turn from this. I can't continue this way. It means I'd have to turn from this. And, what, and then I'd have to be submissive to Christ in my life. He doesn't think about that. And oftentimes, and note this, this is important for us, oftentimes those who, who witness to a person like this never take the time to explain the issues of repentance and commitment to Christ. Why? Because they're so excited. They may have somebody who's going to pray with them to receive Christ. They don't want to lose this fish. Their heart's beating fast. Somebody may actually pray with me, a close friend, maybe a relative. If I tell them the cost of being a Christian, they may say no, and I don't want that. But you do them a great injustice if you don't explain because they're going to make a profession of faith and it won't be real. And the next person who witnesses to them, they'll say no. I did that. It didn't work in my life. I don't want to hear about it. You often hear about pastors who uh, make a great deal about a sinner praying that sinner's prayer. That they just say those right words. They'll be saved. And they'll even tell them they're saved. But it may be someone who's like this who's, who's never been saved. You often hear in evangelical churches about someone responding to an altar call. Just come forward at the end of the service. And, and pray with us and you'll be saved. And they may talk a lot about that, but they fail to explain that genuine faith has nothing to do with walking an aisle, signing a card, raising your hand. It has everything to do with turning from sin as you turn from what sin you know in your life. And it's basically the sin of running your own life and then turning to Christ with the trust and a willingness to follow him. They don't often speak about that. You see, those who come to Christ, genuinely come to Christ for salvation, must come to him as those who are broken over their sin. They have experienced what the Bible refers to as a Holy Spirit conviction of sin. They know they're lost. They know they're wicked. They, they know that they're wicked 
before a, a holy God and they humble themselves before him with a contrite heart. They are genuinely sorry about their sins, not sorry in the sense of I got caught sorry, but sorry in the sense that I sinned against the holy God. And then they repent to their sin and they trust Christ's death on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. That's how a person enters the kingdom of God. But that, not this person, not this person. He's had some type of religious emotional experience, but it wasn't the experience of true salvation. He's never been broken in his heart. He doesn't see his lostness. Now, you may wonder, why, why would anyone respond quickly and emotionally and be excited about the gospel without actually trusting Christ? What, what, what must go through someone's mind to do this? Well, I think it's very simple. The answer is that there are many people who get excited when they're exposed to the Bible because they think that if they believe in Jesus, this is the answer to all of their earthly problems. He's going to remove all of their conflicts, all, all of the, the issues that they struggle with. They look at Jesus as merely someone who will make life better for them now. That's all. Better finances, better relationships with people, better health, maybe even a better marriage. So why wouldn't someone be enthused? This is, this is the best self-help material they could ever get. They get Jesus. And they perhaps love to be in, in a church environment where people are joyful and singing and genuinely happy. And they get swept up in the moment of it. Who wouldn't want that, they think? This is why they may very well think, I've been waiting for this all my life. And you know what, folks? This is kind of the seeker-sensitive movement. This is what they appeal to. Your felt needs. I wouldn't want to offend anybody telling them they're a sinner and they need to be broken before a holy God and trust Christ. And that's why there are churches filled with people like this. They've, they've been catered to in terms of their sinfulness. And they've never been confronted about sin. They've just been told that Jesus could make everything better in life. What they didn't anticipate is that Jesus will eventually bring suffering into their lives. Why? Not because they're genuine believers, but because they, they claim to be. Those who identify themselves with him will experience suffering for the cause of the gospel. Why does the Lord do that? Why is it that when you claim to know Christ, there's going to be some suffering and affliction because of his word? Why does he do it? The Bible says to prove the reality of your faith. Now, he already knows if your faith is genuine or not. You're not proving it to him, but to yourself and to others who know you. And let me show you this. First Peter chapter one is, I think, the clearest explanation as to why we go through suffering. Why is it that a believer, and even those who claim to be believers, are exposed to some type of affliction and persecution because of the word? Notice what Peter says. And by the way, Peter was writing to a church who was suffering a great deal. He says in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So he's writing to people who, for the most part, were born again. He says, here's what's happened. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, it's reserved in heaven for you. So we've experienced some aspect of our salvation, but ultimately there is a future inheritance. There, there is something waiting for us in the future. He tells us in verse 5 that we're protected for this future inheritance, who are protected, 
And this is why salvation, one verse that tells us salvation is forever. You can't lose it. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's the, the final aspect of our salvation. In this, he says, verse 6, you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So Peter is telling us that in the future there is that final glorious aspect of salvation waiting for us. But right now, you're going through tough times. You've been distressed by various trials. Why? He tells us why in verse 7. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is to say, let me sum up what Peter's saying. God sends trials into our lives to suffer for the faith so that we would have the assurance that we really do know Christ. Because true believers persevere. In fact, they draw closer to the Lord when they're going through trials for the word. It purifies them. It it proves to themselves that they really have come to know Christ. But unbelievers don't do that. Unbelievers don't do that. In contrast, they say, I'm out of here. Believers say, I'm closer than ever. I see how weak I really am. Unbelievers say, you know what? I don't need this. I don't want this. In fact, Romans chapter 5 says the same thing. Romans chapter 5, this, is, this will help you. It will be good insight for you where Paul says the beginning of chapter 5, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are no longer at war with, with God. We have been justified. We have been declared righteous. We're saved. Through whom also we have obtained our inheritance by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt. We rejoice, he's saying, in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also Exalt in our tribulations. Now, why would we get excited about our tribulations? Uh, Unbelievers don't get excited about tribulation, but we do. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. We persevere. When we experience tribulation, we persevere in the Christian life. We're, We're loyal to Christ. Yes, we may have some bumps along the road. Yeah, we may have some problems. At first, we may have some bad attitudes. But eventually, in the big picture of things, the direction of our lives is that we do persevere. We're loyal to Christ no matter what, even when we go through darkness. Why is perseverance so important? Verse 4 says, and perseverance proven character. Perseverance leads to a development of Christ-like character in our lives. And proven character hope. When we see progressive sanctification, when we see ourselves growing, when we see ourselves being loyal to Christ, even when times are hard, we have hope. We know that we're saved. We know that we have really come to know him. But when false, shallow-hearted, pseudo-disciples face trials because of Christ, they just stop pretending to belong to the Lord. That's why, folks, you and I know people who we've witnessed to, who were once perhaps very active in the church, but they're nowhere to be found now. They're not only gone from the church, they're, they're gone from any association with Christianity. They want nothing to do with Christ. And when you speak to them, they'll say, yeah, I once believed that. No. I don't accept that anymore. They have apostatized. They have rejected the faith. Why? Because they were never saved to begin with. As quickly as they initially seem to embrace the faith, just as quickly they reject the faith when faced with counting the cost of following Christ. By the way, this is precisely what John tells us. And let me close with this. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. This will help you to understand why there are people who once looked very good and zealous, but not now. There's nothing wrong with the gospel. 
There was something wrong with their hearts. First John 2.19 says this. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. You see that? For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. Why? Because perseverance is the mark of being a believer. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. God sends trials into our lives to separate from our midst those who were merely professors of faith and not true possessors of faith. Let's bow for prayer. I think this is so important for us to understand not only the hard-hearted person, but the shallow-hearted person, because the shallow-hearted person has infiltrated Christian circles. First of all, make sure that you're not a shallow-hearted person who merely has jumped on the bandwagon because you think Jesus will make life better for you now. You need to make sure that you really have repented, that you really are trusting Christ because you know you're a lost person without him. Make sure that the changes in your life have not just been superficial outward changes, but changes that that come from a heart that longs to obey him. Secondly, don't be shocked and surprised when people you know who once claimed to know Christ want nothing to do with him. Don't let that shake your faith. It's not the gospel message that has any imperfections in it. It's their hearts. This will help help you to understand what that's all about. Make sure, make sure that when you share the gospel, you share the true gospel. Don't try to pick fruit. It's not ripened yet. Don't be afraid of speaking about repentance, commitment. If they don't accept Christ, then their hearts have not been prepared by him. Spread the word. Cast the seed. And let God do the rest of the work. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us, Lord insight into hearts, hearts that that we can't see, but now we understand more because your word has given us an understanding. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be faithful in presenting the gospel, even to those who are hardened, even to those who are shallow in their response. Just help us to be faithful, Lord. And I pray that those here who may be in this condition, I pray that it would register. I pray that they would see this clearly. I pray that you would take away the blindness that Satan has put there and that they would see, Lord, their true condition before you. And I pray you draw them to yourself, that they would come genuinely repentant and trusting Christ. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us, I pray that you'd help us to, in the right spirit of, of things, to examine our hearts and make sure that we're in the faith. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve, for opening up these truths from God's Word. A newly released book entitled Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd is being offered by Verse by Verse. We want to show our appreciation for your faithful prayer and financial support of this ministry. It takes both prayer and money to keep these programs coming your way on this great station. The book will be sent to anyone who sends a contribution to Verse by Verse this month. This 207-page book is a compilation of some of the best of Steve Kreloff's messages over the 30 years of his ministry at Lakeside. 
It will be a rich resource of teaching for you, and your gift will help keep Verse by Verse on the air. Send your gift to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. You can contribute online by going to versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Support Us tab, then scroll down to the Donate button. You can contribute by credit card or through your PayPal account. Another option is to call us at 727-239-0306. You may listen to this class session again by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Message Archive, then on Sort by Date. Take advantage of being there to sign up for the free monthly newsletter and our free podcasting service. Our goal at Verse by Verse is to help you in your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus. There are many resources available to you on the website. Download as many messages as you like and share them with friends. Don't forget our book offer, Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd, which is being sent to you for a contribution of any size. That mailing address again is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Or you may call us at 727-239-0306 to request the book. Our email address is contact at versebyverseradio.org. Please feel free to contact us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.